friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. It is a snow day today here in Nashville. How's the weather out there, Llewellyn? It is very windy, and Ooh. I know that you probably don't want to hear this, but it's pretty cold down here. <laughs> oh, okay. For Florida. It's- I was going to ask, does that mean it's like, what, 70 or? Um, no, it's 60s. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> no, we haven't had rain in like over a month, maybe oh, even longer. Um, and it was supposed to rain all day today because this is what they do. They like, they forecast like, yeah, it's going to be heavy storms all day. Mm-hmm. It rained for maybe 20 minutes at 7 o'clock this morning, and it's now sunny. Ah. But it is, it is ridiculously windy, like. So I apologize if you guys hear something hit the wall. It's probably just something outside hitting the trailer. So, <laughs> Dang. <coughs> um, okay, so I have been feeling under the weather the last couple of days. I think it's just like a little sinus, like a normal cold or something, just with the flux of, I mean, we'll go to like 60 degree days, and then all of a sudden, like today... It rained this morning, but then we have snow for, like, several hours, and then it's going to ice overnight. Then it gets a little bit warmer during the week, so we're, like, constantly fluctuating back and forth between, like, cold and warm. So I feel like I'm going to do it in just some regular seasonal, like, sniffles. So if I'm, if, like, maybe Llewellyn's talking and you hear, like, a little click in the background, that's just me muting my mic so I can cough. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That way you guys don't (laughs) have to listen to it. Um... I, do you have, have you moved in yet? Do you have any life update? No, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, I was going to move in this weekend. Yeah. um, Because my, my work gives us Monday off for MLK day or Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, so my plan was to have myself mostly moved in over the weekend so that on Monday I could just like focus on, you know, setting things up and my mattress is supposed to arrive on Monday. So I was like, that'll give me time to open that and like get it set up. Yeah. Um, but my roommate texted me on Wednesday, I think it was, Mm -hmm. and said that she had come down with a fever, chills and a sore throat and that Mm -hmm. she went and got a COVID test and was awaiting the results. And she found out on Thursday that it was positive. So oof. She has been, thankfully, like, nobody's living there with her yet except her dog, so she's able to, like, quarantine and not have anyone around. However, I cannot go over there to take anything, um, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, like, pressed to get out of here by any means, but sure. it was just kind of a bummer because I'm like, dang, I was really... And it, like, dampened her, too, because she had the whole week off of work and she was going to get a ton of stuff done and she really couldn't because... She was stuck in bed, but she's on the mend and hopefully her work said she could come back, um, after the weekend. So hopefully she is able to, and, um, that means I can go over and set my mattress up because I want that thing to rise before I sleep on it. Yeah. Is there any way that like you could... Because it's probably being delivered there, right? So you don't have to move it? Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, I don't know. You could probably answer this. I don't know how heavy that box is. I don't even know if she's going to be able to bring it inside by herself. Well, 
for context, Barb, when I was living with Barb, she brought it inside from outside. Okay. Um, when I got it, um, but they're about, did you get the queen or, yeah. the, or the king? Okay. I think they're probably about the same weight. It was about 80 pounds. Um, so I think Barb just like threw a blanket under it and just like dragged it across the floor. Um, she didn't actually have to like pick it up except when they dropped it off. You know how like getting into my house, you had those like three steps weird just steps. to get up to yeah. the door. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped it at the bottom of oh, the steps. No. So she literally brought it in by herself. And Barb is not like a, she's like she's in her petite. late fifties. You know, mid to late 50s, maybe even 60. And she's petite. She's small. And she still managed to, like, get it up those steps and inside. And I don't even know how she did that. So um, is your bedroom by by chance on the same floor? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the nice thing about Florida homes is that they're all one level. Um, oh, that's right. Because we're right at sea. So we can't we can't have basements. And we, right. because of hurricanes, they really don't build up. Um, so... It's all on one level, and thankfully there's no, like, weird steps in front of our door. So, really, the UPS driver can lay it by the front door. Yeah. And, like, we have this kind of cute little front porch where it's – you can still see the whole front porch, but, like, there's flower beds that are kind of high enough that would hide the mattress a little if you weren't, like, Mm. looking for something. Sure. Um, So, even if she doesn't get to it right away, but there's just, like, a minor step walking into the house. So, it's really not – it, it won't be terrible. And I told her to like, Hey, I'm off that day. I can easily, as soon as it's delivered, I'll come over. I'll put a mask on. My mom has N95 masks. So I'm like, I'll just wear one of the, the big ones and then help yeah. you get it to the bedroom, unroll it. And then I'll leave. And open it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask if that was possible just so that it gives it enough time to, I mean, it only takes about 24 hours, but 24 hours is such a weird time frame because it means you're missing at least one night of yeah. sleep and, and i figured the like... longer it's open the better too so yeah 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 it gets it gets up there really quickly but it just makes me feel confident when like if they tell you i'm a one too so i like to follow like rules <laughs> um <laughs> so if it says 24 hours i'm like you or i'm like i'll give it a little bit more because maybe that makes it even more stable <laughs> yeah for sure i'm not sure if that's how it works but anyways okay well, let's um, hop into this episode with a recap. Yes. So this week we watched season four, episode three, titled The One with the Cuffs, which is funny because our trivia question last week was about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this episode was written by Seth Kurland and directed by Peter, Peter Bonaires and originally aired on 10-9-1997. Monica pulls a Monica when she caters her mother's party and Chandler gets himself locked into a compromising position with Rachel's boss. Nice. Okay. Um, Well, we soft open into uh, Chandler's in the apartment and all of a sudden Joey swings wide the door and comes in bringing one of those like glass like plexiglass topped maybe it's real glass um wait was it glass no it wasn't glass i was thinking 90s and um but he brings this this really crappy looking table really cheap looking it's like cheap metal it's got some probably rust on it um furniture from the basement and he says that 
uh, Traeger would give them stuff in the basement for free. Um, even including some unpopped bubble wrap, <laughs> which are you a are you a bubble wrap popper? I mean, I like to, but I also like to save it. You know, oh, for... like to actually use it. Yeah, like if I'm moving or something. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I do like a good old bubble bubble wrap pop. <laughs> um, and I mean, Chandler's like, I, wow, really, for free? Who would have thought that, like, he'd be so generous with, like, really, it's just a bunch of rusty crap. Yeah. And uh, and all of a sudden, like, they're sitting at this cheap table. The chick and the duck, like, come out of the room. And he's he, he makes, like, a comment about, like, being white trash. Do you have that? Um, yeah, Chandler said, could we be any more white trash? <laughs> It's so perfect. Yeah. So so that kind of opens us up in the episode. Uh, we start off in the girls' apartment. And now, okay, I wrote notes and now I can't understand them. Um, <laughs> help me out. What if... I love that. So we <laughs> open up. This is a great start to me leaving this episode. <laughs> yeah. So we open up in the girls' apartment and Monica... Just got off the phone confirming with her mom that she's going to cater a party for her, um, Mm. which Monica wouldn't normally do. However, she really needs the money. So she agreed. Um, And Ross chimes in and he's like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Mom, you know, mom wouldn't have hired you if she didn't think you were good. Mm. And um, (laughs) I think my favorite part was Monica turned to him and she's like, you don't have to stick up for her. She's not here. Ross was totally being like really actually sweet to her. Yeah. But the way that it came across, like she was, she thought, well, he's just sticking up for her because of course he's the favorite child. Yeah, of course. Um, I love how she's like, how desperate am I? And Rachel's like, oh, good thing Chandler's not around because wouldn't, like, wouldn't Chandler win that argument or something? Yeah, something like that. Or he'd be like all over it. I don't know. They made like a funny comment about Chandler. Um, across the, across the way, Rachel comes in looking for juice and they're like, do you have any juice? And they're like, yeah, pickle. Like we only have pickle juice, <laughs> which means that they probably have pickles in a jar somewhere. And he mentioned, uh, Chandler mentions to Rachel that he bumped into Joanna and like, she's like, okay, I, like, did you... Did you, she like offered to like ask him really out essentially like asked him to like connect and, and meet up and she's like well did you say yes and he was like no and then all of a sudden Joanna comes out of the bathroom hi Rachel and you knew <laughs> and you knew that she was in the shower and Rachel's like he or Chandler goes well at first <laughs> and Rachel is like super pissed she's like you almost cost me my job before you know that this didn't end well. Um, like, what were you possibly doing? And Joey makes this, like, he's, like, bed <laughs> noises. <laughs> I'm so glad you just did that. Um, he makes these, like, bed noises. And Rachel is so pissed. She's, like, he ma- she makes him promise that he's going to end it. Yeah. And Chandler is, like... He's like, well, she's 
not just the boss in the office, um, is, is like kind of the vibe that he gives out. Um, and Rachel's just like, essentially like Rachel's pissed and we find out that now Chandler and Joanna are back again. And somehow what's weird is like, this seems like it completely disregards the way that the first part of their relationship went like before, like it just seems like completely different. She's like, I thought you said she was like a big dull dud. And well, did they, did they sleep together the first time? I think they just went on a couple dates. Yeah, actually you're right. And you know how those two boys operate because <laughs> they don't think with their brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good call out. Um, so we catch up with, with Monica, and you can tell that she has sort of, I guess, hired Phoebe to be her help. Monica is catering, and we're at Monica's house, and her mom comes in, and it's... And it's really funny because, like, you know Monica, uh, Monica's mom is really, is really, like, not, she is not really complimenting her in the way that she says the things that she says. She's like, well, Richard raved about the food, but, of course, you were sleeping with him. And then you, she got another good referral elsewhere, and she was like, but I bet you weren't sleeping with them. And then, like, Monica's mom gets done, and Monica's like, oh, my gosh. And Phoebe's like, yeah. And she's like, my mom, she thinks I'm good. And Phoebe's like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, too. Like, you can tell they definitely heard two different things. We heard what Phoebe heard, which yeah. was your mom is, one, not confident in you, a terrible mother, and not good at encouraging, like, your profession. And Monica heard, like, that's a really big compliment. She thinks I'm good, and that's why she invited me here. So it was, like, two different sides of the story, which sets up this whole storyline moving forward where Monica's going to be a little blindsided by her trust in her mother's faith in her so to speak yeah so over in the guy's apartment joey is scraping gum off of a desk now this is where we intro really joey's storyline it's like his and his alone he's kind of in his he's acting alone so to speak and he's scraping gum off when a salesman comes to the door now it's weird that their door is just wide open. Am I right? It is. Like, the guy just, like, barges in. Like, he owns the place. Yeah, he's, like, he stands inside the door. Yeah. Which is... So Even weird. if the door was open, I wouldn't, like, assume that I could come in. Right. He feels very intrusive. But he's a salesman. So, he's essentially, like, you know, he's selling... Um, Encyclopedias. Encyclopedia, I think, yeah, I was like, not a dictionary, not a thesaurus. <laughs> Encyclopedias. He's selling actual hard copy encyclopedias. Now, that seems like a hard job to sell things door to door. Yeah. Um, one, like, are you traveling with those in your car so that you could give them? It just doesn't make a lot of, like, fiscal sense, but... Essentially, this guy loops in Joey with the phrase, do your friends have conversations? Um, 
like, are you ever in a conversation with your friends and you nod along and you don't know what they're talking about? And Joey has these little flashbacks. They're like political conversations, um, world, like culture conversations, geographical conversations, and like geographical jokes or world event jokes. And we see like Joey essentially doing the same thing in all of them where he has to sort of pretend that he understands yeah like he has like a weird like i don't understand what they're talking about but he like nods anyway which is is funny and so joey but also like i don't know if you thought this but during a couple of those i was like how do all of them know what each other is talking about yes like rachel you're not that bright like i don't think you understand what they're saying like maybe ross and chandler and monica but like the rest of them are a little iffy so, I don't know. No, I I completely agree. Um, especially because all the conversations seem so out of context for that friend group. But, to be fair, obviously the show isn't like a straight-up documentary on this friend group. And it is a f- fun and funny show. So, it's not like they're going to bring in a bunch of... I mean, they didn't even bring 9-11 when it happened in real time. So, they're not going right. to bring in like real life political conversations and and such the like yeah. um it's a completely different world than like the new girl sense of humor where you literally have an entire episode of the two girls trying to recruit new voters for hillary like yeah. it's a completely different landscape um so you're right i think it is really interesting that all of them know off the top of their heads like all of these conversations but in real life, like in real life, they could definitely be having these conversations. It's just not the stage for them in this show. Right. Um, now this kind of sells Joey because he realizes the guy's like, um, sir, you've been quiet for about, I don't know, two and a half minutes. Are you at all interested? <laughs> uh, and it's really funny. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is interested. Um, back over at the mom's place, Phoebe calls Monica out for losing a nail. She's like, it's interesting that you have nine nails now. Um, cause she's, she noticed that she started with 10. She got them because she didn't want her mom to, you know, yell at her for biting her nails. So she, so we, we kind of assume then that it's press on, um, yeah. because it was that easy to lose. And we find out that it's in one of the quiche. And there's no way of telling, like, where it is, which one. Um, And they have to kind of make this announcement to Monica's mom. And Monica's mom is really... um, We know that she's really hard on her. But what's weird is that in this moment, the mom doesn't freak out. She just says... (coughs) Sorry. She just says that she... Um, that someone owes her $5. And we find out that Monica's mom bet that she would need frozen lasagnas. Yeah. And she calls it pulling a Monica. Which, as a a mother, that's a horrible thing to refer to. Yeah. It's different for, like, office fans or, like, people who are, like, office fans where, like, at one point um one of the characters is trying to convince Michael that Dwight 
is an idiot and so they call it like shroot his last name is shroot so he's like yeah i really shrewded it and he's trying to like get into the mind of michael to prove that dwight is like incompetent now that's different it's like co-workers it's funny again it's a comedy show so like but to be called but to have a phrase like that that stems from your family just seems that's really rough yeah and your mom too i mean monica has done nothing but like try to make her mom happy and like Mm -hmm. prove to her mom that she is just as good as ross essentially um Mm -hmm. because they idolize ross for some reason but i think too because she bet her dad actually her mom and dad bet each other which is like i think just another level of a sting because her, both of her parents like was it mom and dad yeah I did she not said catch i bet that part yeah she said oh your dad owes me five dollars because i bet that you would pull a monica Ooh, yikes. and we would need these lasagnas that she pulls out of the freezer and yeah which was just like i felt hurt for monica in that moment oh yeah of like that's that's low that's really low and especially like because monica is doing you a favor by catering this party mm-hmm. and that's how you treat her like that's that's just wrong I'm glad you said something because I thought that she had bet with like one of her friends at the party or one of her girlfriends. Like I didn't catch that she said dad. I thought she said a name that I just didn't like pick up on, you know, yeah. and I was trying to like take notes at the same time. So I totally missed that. And that that has got to be even more painful. That really sucks. Um, yeah. So we kind of see like this culmination of just her parents really have no faith in her like at all um now we have quite a long scene at the rachel's work at her office um we see joanna and chandler making out in her office and they're supposed to be breaking up um because you know chandler has promised rachel but instead they are hooking up and Joanna gets a call from someone and she says, unbelievable. And he's like, thank you. (laughs) Which I think is just really great. Um, And she's like, no, I have to go to this meeting. Um, So Chandler starts to like, rightfully so, get dressed in order to walk out and leave. But she was like, where are you going? And he's like, well, I'm leaving. And she's like, no she's like let me show you something and she's like pulls out these handcuffs from i don't know her briefcase or wherever it was and or maybe a drawer in the office i'm not really quite sure i don't really remember but she's like plays he like really easily lets her handcuff him to the chair yeah and and she leaves the key on the back of the door and she's like it's really like how hot is it if I'm thinking that like you're here waiting for me and he's like uh, okay you can tell he's not really like convinced but also like what was his plan Rachel's like right outside the door well I think and I, I could be wrong but I think she initially wanted to lock him to the chair because there were people out there like she heard him coming back um, from lunch because it kind of quickly looked out there and she's like, oh, no, I can't let them see you. And so mm. she was like, oh, let's play this fun game and pulled out the handcuffs. 
So I think initially it was two purposes. One, because she's evil. And two, because (laughs) she didn't want people to see him. Okay, got it. Good catch. At one point he says, saucy. And it makes me think of Ace Ventura. Did you ever watch that as a kid? Yeah, it's been a long time. It made me think of like, even though I don't think that was one of his catchphrases, just the way that he said it made me made me think of Ace Ventura, which was really funny. Um, now, Rachel realizes as Joanna leaves that Joanna has locked her door and she's like, I wonder what they have back there. And they wrongly guess that it's the like the list of Christmas bonuses. Yeah. So she's like, okay, don't tell Joanna. But when Mark left, he left me a spare key to Joanna's office. And so they go barging in there and guess who's sitting there. <laughs> and he just looks at him and says, hi, how are you? <laughs> There's Chandler. Um, so we see like Rachel's, you know, it, it kind of like pauses there. We realize that in real time, it was probably a commercial break because the next scene is him flipping through a magazine with his face and the phone rings. So he answers the phone and he realizes he doesn't know her last name. <laughs> He's like, uh, this is Joanna's office. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so clever. Um, luckily it is Joanna, but we find out that it's going to be a few more hours before she can come back. He's like, where are you? She's like, I'm in my boss's car. Like they must be going to like, obviously they're going to like a meeting or maybe like a stakeholders meeting or something, but they're like, they're gone. And it's going to be several hours before she can even like think to come back. And he's like, what the heck? So he... We find him kind of like think up something and he starts dialing and we we pop outside the door and Rachel realizes where the call is coming from and she like kind of glares down the door. She's she's pissed. <laughs> she's so mad. Um, and so in a very <laughs> in a very boss like tone, he's like, Rachel, may I see you for a moment, please? It's so good. Um, but then when so she, she walks in, I think it's my favorite part. Or one of my favorite parts, he's like, could you be a doll and get the key <laughs> off the back of the door? And she's like, she was like, what? Like, what happened? You were supposed to be breaking up with her. Like, she gets very, like, righteously angry here. Yeah. And he's like, we did break up. And so they they kind of get into this whole, like, back and forth kind of banter. Like... You know, I, you promised me to break up. You're going to buy me. You're going to give me my Walkman back. And he's like, I didn't take your Walkman. And she's like, then you're going to buy me a new one. And so she, they kind of are start like negotiating for his freedom. Okay. Well, one thing you missed. So yeah. she ends up. Oh yeah. I put my, I inverted all my notes. Go ahead. Yeah. So he, so when she first walks in, you know, he asked her to do it and she's like, did it ever did like jeopardizing my career ever come to mind and he's like well it did but then it went away really quickly and then somehow they come to an agreement he's like well if you don't unlock me she's gonna know you were in here Mm. um Mm -hmm. or something so she no that wasn't it somehow they come to an agreement she unlocks him and he gets up to leave and then that's when she decides like 
no, she's going to know that I was in here. I'm going to lose my job because I came in her office because you were gone. And so then she's trying to convince him to like go back to the chair and let yeah. me relock you into this. And she gets so far as to locking him on a, like a filing cabinet, mm-hmm. like locking one arm on a filing cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when they start arguing back and forth. And she's like, well, you got to promise never see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, never come by the office, like buy me a Walkman, all this stuff. And <clears throat> then he eventually, Rachel comes up with like a brilliant idea. I don't think this is it yet. No, that's later. Okay. Can I tell you my one, the, the thing that drives me nuts in this scene? Yeah. He could have let himself free. One, it is a rolling chair. Yeah. Roll yourself over to the door. Number two, stand up out of the chair. Number three, lift the chair with your hands and grab the key. It, it's a three-step process to being free and yep. being able to explain it to Joanna and without it's, Rachel being involved, yeah. Without Rachel ever being involved. He could have easily snuck out of there. Now, it'd be different if he had, like, hand, if she had handcuffed him to, like, the desk that was, like, stapled into the ground or something. But there are literally, it is the easiest situation to get out of, logically. I would, I would, I would stand up, turn around, because my hands are right there, push the chair over the door... And then lift the chair and grab the key and let myself out. It's, it's, Llewellyn, it's the simplest fix. It is. This is television. And it creates, there's, there's so many stakes happening in here that I just had a hard time buying because I was like, he literally could have just let himself free. (laughs) And, and like, none of it would have happened. It just... It's my main point of discontention with this episode. Um, love the idea of it, but I think the writers just didn't maybe think it through enough that it wasn't permanent enough to to need the help. But you're right. We end this scene with him being handcuffed to the cabinet. And they still have not determined, like, they're still at a stalemate. She can't really leave him there. But if she lets him free, then he's going to leave. So they have to come to some sort of agreement. And so we kind of leave them there. We hop back over to the guy's (coughs) apartment. And essentially, it's just him. The guy is trying to still just sell him the encyclopedia. He's reading a few things like, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? Joey gets a little bit more information. But that's pretty much the scene. Do you have anything else? No, that's literally all of it. It was the quickest scene, I think, ever. Um, we catch up with Monica and Phoebe again. Um, Rachel is in her childhood bedroom. And Phoebe comes in and she's like, wow, this is your room? You must have been a really fit kid because we know that now that she has moved out, the parents have turned it into like a workout room. And Phoebe sits down and just sort of lays it out for Monica, like, Prove your mom wrong. Finish the job you were hired to do. She's a really great cheerleader for Monica in this moment. And then even takes one of Monica's 
I mean, one of the points of, you know, her being sad was the fact that her mom literally made up a term uh, calling it a Monica, pull a Monica. And she's like, flip it around, like flip it on its head. Make doing your job successfully being pulling a Monica, you know, like do the thing that you were hired to do and do it well, because that's what you do. And Monica responds really well to that, which kind of makes sense. Monica is like a type A go-getter, but she just needed a little encouragement from a friend. Yeah. And I think Phoebe did a really good job in this scene. Yeah, it was good. Um, okay, so we do. Here's where we catch back up with Rachel and Chandler. They're fighting. Chandler wants freedom. Rachel's trying to buy Chandler. I want to clean your bathroom, give you foot rubs, squeeze you fresh OJ every morning, buy and wrap all of your presents. Um, and then you were about to tell it, so I'm going to let you tell it. Yeah, so he, you know, every time she offers something, he just says, like, no, I want my freedom. That's what I want. Um, and eventually, like, he says, like, he says, I want my freedom so hard enough that he, like, pulls his hand and the cabinet hits his head. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah, and that's all that happens there. Because it kind of ends on him hitting his head. And then we jump back over to Joey. Oh, we do? Yeah. There's one more scene between oh, before what okay. actually happens. Got it, got it. It happened so quickly back and forth that I kind of smushed several sections together. And I'm realizing that that's not great in the way that I normally <laughs> lead us through. No, it's So, okay, we're back at the guy's apartment. We find out that, just, um, that the guy's trying to close the sale. He's like, it's... Um, He's like, now, like, are you ready to buy? Like, I know you're interested. Like, let's get this done. Um, it's going to be twelve, um, $1,200. And Joey sort of stops in the middle of it, which I think is really great. And he's like, what makes you think that I have $1,200? <laughs> the guy is sitting on rusty used outdoor furniture. The apartment is completely empty. And I think Joey brings up a very uncharacteristically logical argument. Like, yeah. take a look around here, buddy. What makes you think that I have, have $1,200? Um, like, you think that I have that money? And so essentially what happens is the guy's like, it equals out to $50 a book. And the guy's like, what do you have? And he... I mean, pulls out, it's like a button. He pulls out a bunch of stuff from his pocket. And right as the guy is sort of leaving, he finally, Joey pulls out what is a $50 bill. And he's like, well, great. 50 is all it takes. I mean, true salesman, um, him trying to make him make any sort of purchase. And he's like, well, what book do you want? He's like, I'll stick with the V. So we find out that Joey gets the V book because um, the guy you know, got him into, you know, in for $50. Now, okay, now we go back to the workplace. So keep going. Yeah. So now we're back at the office. There's Chandler still chained to the filing cabinet and they're bargaining and it's still not working. So finally, Rachel kind of gets quiet and then she does her whole like, oh, I know. And um, she looks at him and he kind of like gives her a side look and she goes, you know, I could be very generous with what I saw. Um, because I don't think we mentioned it, but Chandler was half naked. <laughs> he only had yeah. one of his like button up shirts on and it was like 
not buttoned buttoned properly, (laughs) like hanging in weird places. So um, apparently at some point, Rachel saw something she shouldn't have seen. And Mm -hmm. she tells him, like, I can make I can be very generous with what I saw. And he's like, continue. And she said, I can make you this generation's Milton Burrell, which (laughs) I don't even know who that is, which is probably a good thing. Um, but Chandler seems to love this idea. And so we leave that situation with them, like talking about what this would look like. He was like, she like, and she goes, I can be very just or very stitchy. <laughs> she like gets that like little high pitched squeal. Um, another funny point is when he, when she's like, like a Milton Burrow, and she's like, not compared to you. <laughs> yeah. And he like, she, he realizes like what she could do for him. And he was like, yes. Okay. Quick, um, quick little, like, I guess a fun fact, maybe um, Mil- Milton Burrow or born Mendel Berlinger, which is Yiddish. Um, he was uh, born July 12th, 1908. Um, and he lived through March 27th, 2002. Um, so at this time, he was still alive and still had several years um, of this recording. Not us, but the Friends episode. Um, he was an American comedian and actor. Actor. His career as an entertainer spanned over 80 years, obviously wow. first in silent films and on stage as a child actor, then eventually in radio, movies, television. He was the host of NBC's Texaco Star Theater from 1948 to 1955. And he was the first major television, um, American television star um, and was known as um, Uncle Milty to millions of viewers and Mr. Television during the first golden age of television. Um, he was eventually honored with two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work in both radio and TV. And I could definitely see um from the picture that i have on wikipedia um how back then he definitely could have been he could have been a looker yeah i could see i mean it's an old picture from that but um but yeah so yeah okay that was just a little fun fact just to tell you who who milton burl um, B-E-R-L-E, Burl. Um, it sounded like Burrow, so that's what I typed, but that is not correct. <laughs> Don't type that. Um, okay. So back at the mom's place, we are kind of wrapping up. Uh, we find out that Monica made her own dish from scratch based on the ingredients that either her mom had or some that she brought, and her dish is going very well. No one is touching the frozen lasagna. And the mom comes in, and this is sort of her attempt at apologizing. Uh, Monica uh, says, "What she was like, and I guess I definitely could have been." And she's like, "A bitch," and she's like, "Wrong," and she's like, "But I guess it, like you could have said that too." So they kind of agree that um, her mom wasn't definitely treating her the best. She was wrong. She admits it. Um, and she was very impressed with Monica's skills. And next time she asks her to cater, there'll be nothing but ice in the freezer. And that was a very 
cute way of like not only did she apologize but she also like called herself out for the fact that she just didn't trust Monica to pull through and considering how Monica pulled through even in the midst of having the freezer like lasagna out there that she also still provided her own dish she boot and rallied and made it you know through and did very well I thought it was a very sweet way um to show like the reconciliation that happened in this moment yeah it was really good Mm -hmm. now to finish out the main episode um main piece or scene of this episode we're in the cafe this is the only scene we have in the cafe this episode which seems very strange i was like oh the cafe um and the only one where they're all together yeah is this the only episode we see of ross or the only view oh we see him in the very beginning Oh, yeah. When, okay, it, when yeah. Ross sticks up for the mom. Yeah, but we, this is essentially a Rossless episode. Which was so nice. <laughs> it really was. Um, so, so they come in, and Rachel's like, hello, Chandler. <laughs> no, Monica no, does. Monica did, yeah. Sorry. Yes, that ruined the whole thing. I'm so sorry. Monica comes in, Monica comes in and she's like, hello, Chandler. And Rachel's like behind her and Chandler looks at her and goes, I love you. <laughs> she's like, mm. and, and Monica's look on her face is so funny. And then all of a sudden, like, well, then Joey's it? Ross. Con- is it Ross or is it Joey? Well, Joey's confused, but doesn't Ross lean over and whisper? Yeah. Like, like what happened? Yeah. Like what was said originally? Like what yeah. the thing is like. Whatever the thing is going through the group, Joey's now going to be privy to. Because you're right. Joey is kind of confused at, like, whatever is happening in this moment. Yeah. All of a sudden, Joey's like, no, he doesn't. And Chandler he was like. looks at his watch and he goes, well, that lasted a whole two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Um, So Joey starts in this moment using, like, his encyclopedia. But he starts using it in, like very v fashion so all he has are v topics so he brings up this random one-liner and then they were like wasn't it like the vietnam war or something it was something really strange like that had nothing to do with what they were talking about oh volcanoes oh yeah that was it it was like lava and ash in the air um and then all of a sudden he's they're like they're like, what? And he's like, well, we could talk about anything else. And he starts naming. That's what happens. He starts naming different topics and goes Vietnam War. And then one of the friends is like, oh, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Like the Korean War or something like they bring up another yeah. type of thing. And all of a sudden we see that Joey is just as confused, just as out of the loop as all the rest of his friends and is sort of like bummed at the fact that like he doesn't have all the other like he doesn't have the other encyclopedias and like they're not helping him out like at all poor joey poor joey it was a pretty good a pretty good like it was a very simple storyline but actually pretty clever yeah but yeah so um okay now we get into the tag scene of this episode 
and we are back at Rachel's work and Rachel is um Rachel comes into Joanna's office does Joanna call her and ask her to come in for a minute she does yeah so it um it starts on Joanna and we see her locked to the chair and then she calls Rachel who comes Mm. in and she's like can you oh no Rachel was bringing in uh, a donut or something for her oh yeah like a little treat yeah and she's like could you get the key off the back of the door and unlock and unlock me please (laughs) um and then I think she even says something along the lines of like yeah you're friend Chandler we are definitely done yeah (laughs) oh my question is why would she have fallen for that as soon as he recommended the option to bring to handcuff her to the chair how did she not see that a mile away? I don't know. After what she had done to him on accident. <laughs> right. You know, like you would think like, no, maybe maybe not this time. Um, and yeah, it's funny how she calls it like a slight office mishap. Mm-hmm. Like as opposed to just calling it for what it is, especially because Rachel definitely knows. But anyways, okay. Any Anything that we missed talking about or things you didn't get to say for this? I don't think so. Okay. What was your favorite scene? Um, I don't know. I think probably Oh, I don't even know. Um, I have just... mine if you want a minute. Yeah. Um, normally I think it's it feels really easy to pick my favorite scenes when there's an obvious amount of funny scenes to choose from. Right. And there are some in here, but I think my favorite scene was when Phoebe was giving Monica her like pep talk. I thought it was very sweet, very, you know, um, true to what friends do. Um, trying to reshape words that have been like spoken over you. Um, yeah, I just thought that was very sweet of Phoebe. And, you know, a little, like, admonishment of just, like, go out there and do the job that you were paid to do. But also, like, let's reframe what's been spoken over you and turn it into a positive. I just thought it was really great of Phoebe. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I, didn't, I still don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... I think probably the the bantering back and forth between Rachel and Chandler. Um, I think it was just, like you said, it was like so obvious that he could have let himself out, but he didn't. And I think just the way that they did it with like adding Rachel to the mix, um, because we don't, I think we've said this before, like Rachel and Chandler, we don't see together very often. Um, and... I think it was fun to just like see their dynamic back and forth and like Chandler is somewhat of an idiot because he's a a man and that was really mean. Um, He is somewhat of an idiot. We all know this, but not quite as much as Joey. So like we know that he knows what he did was wrong and that he put himself in this situation. But I think like because Rachel's calling him out, it just like added this layer of, um, I don't know he probably was like kicking himself the whole time. Like, you know, I told her I wouldn't do it, but here I did it. And now I'm in the situation. Um, and I think it was just, I don't know. I like that dynamic between the two of them. 
it's almost like brother and sister. I feel like that's kind of how Rachel and Chandler are, are more like that brother and sister vibe. So I don't have like a scene. I think just that whole like storyline was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So then how would you rate the episode? Oh gosh. Um, I think I'm going to say Unagi, just right in the Mm. middle. Um, It wasn't a favorite, but it had a lot of funny points. And then it had some good points, like you pointed out with Monica and Phoebe. I think that that part of Monica's storyline was really nice um, and good for us to, like, see. Um, But I think the rest of it was kind of just, like, funny add-in stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you said, like, Chandler and Joanna, like, they ended it very obviously the last time. So, like, why did they get back together? I think it was just kind of an add-in. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think I'd just go right in the middle. Okay. Um, this episode is very much a one-off. Yeah. Um, there are no major storylines happening here. There's no major storyline setups happening here. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give it an, oh my God. Um, there were some funny parts, but it really didn't like draw me in. It was very skippable, even though there were some, you know, obviously funny moments. It's friends. It's going to be, you know, I love the show, so I'm going to watch it, but you could, you could effectively like not watch this episode and still very much pick up next week and know what's happening yeah so okay post show wrap up it's trivia time here's what we need here's what we need from all of you guys we need someone who's technically and musically talented to create like a little what do they call it like little lead-ins or something like Like a little little musical yeah a little jingle for us for Trivia time. <laughs> Trivia time and Bits with Beth are the two that we need sounds for. Bits with Beth we don't use as often, but when we do, they're always great. Um, but Trivia time would be awesome. And it has to be really short so that Llewellyn could just like plop it in easily into the episode. Or it could be one of those where it's like, while we're talking about trivia, you know, like some podcasts have it in the background. It's just like you kind of hear it. I don't yes. know. I don't, I don't really know how to add that in. So if you guys send it to us, I'll try. You're like, I'll actually, I don't really know how to do that. But, um, no, I think that's really great. Yeah, like literally just the music in the background would be just during that time. I think that's great. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, if you all have um, musical talents, uh, talents in that regard, send it our way. Um, make it somewhat conducive to our intro and outro, outro music, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right, go for it. Lay it All on right. me. So we've seen this episode. It's been, okay. a, it's, been a, it's been a couple of seasons, but we have that seen doesn't it. doesn't mean I'll get it right. I know. Um, I'm blinking on what it is, too, and I'm like, oh, it hasn't shoot. been that long. Okay. Um, okay, so Chandler was trapped in an ATM vegetable, vestibule with what supermodel? Oh, shoot. <laughs> was it, was, it... Isn't it Yasmin Bleed? No. No, she's on, um, wait. No, I think it is her. 
No. Is it? Someone no, in our audience is not. yelling at us. It's Hold not. On. I, I just it. looked. So I, I know Yasmin Yasmin Bleeth is the Big Watch babe that he likes on TV. Yes. That Matt Chandler or Matt Perry dated in real life at one point. Yes. Um, as soon as you get this, you're going to be like, duh. Um, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm trying to think through conversations he had with Joey. Oh, shoot. I, I don't know. Damn. Oh, I'm going to be so mad at myself. It starts with a J. Oh, Jill. Jill Goodacre. Yes. Dang it. Thank you for the J. That really helped. And as soon as you did it, I knew it. Jill Goodacre. Nice. Okay. We'll consider that a partial win. <laughs> so last week, we've done, have we done three of these? Yeah, I think last two? week we did two because one of them was easy. Oh, that's right. No, we're going to do two from now on. Okay. Last week we did, we got one right and one wrong. And I'm going to consider this one wrong. No, right. You guessed it. I had to give you a letter, but you guessed it. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. So we're two for one. Well, yeah, two for three, technically. But give us another. Let's do two. Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm the worst friends person because I don't know some of these. That's okay. I mean, you literally had to give me an answer. All right. Whose tuxedo did Chandler want to wear only to find out it was too small? Ooh, it wasn't Brad Pitt's. Was it the guy that played Batman? Which one? I know. Um, <laughs> well, you gotta think 90s. So Ben F? Oh. Uh... Oh, what's his name? Wait, who has played Batman? Let's, let's backtrack. <laughs> so there's... Uh... <laughs> Christian Bale, right? Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, so right now it's Robert Pattinson. It used to be Ben Affleck. Then before that, Christian Bale. Then before that, didn't um, George Clooney play Batman at one point? I think you're right, yeah. And then Michael Keaton? Is it Michael Keaton? Did he play Batman? Ooh. Or did he play... We have the wrong superhero. Oh, great. I don't even know that I call this person a superhero. Okay. Also, what is happening in the background? My roommate's putting up her new bed. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, um, shoot. You just saw this movie. Okay. And we talked about it, but I don't watch these movies. <coughs> you don't watch these movies. Um, there's many of them. Marvel. Guy, no, that's guy. a lie. <laughs> wow. Literally, Marvel's Rude. like the thing that we... <laughs> Um, no, I know. Uh, the Matrix. This guy, this guy, it's about a guy. <coughs> also okay. goes by, he goes by a name or he goes by numbers. <laughs> Come what? on. I can't, I can't say it. <laughs> goes by numbers. He's There's not also a, someone. What? He's not a superhero, but he's a. Like a sidekick? No. I no, I don't think he has a sidekick. Um. Is he a villain? <laughs> no, he's a human. <laughs> he wears tuxedos. Obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's Milton Burl, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. You're going to get this. 
you just watched this movie in theaters and you said you wish there were subtitles because or no i think you said something like you wish you could go back and back and rewatch something because you had left her the bathroom when you came back you missed an important part so you had to google afterwards what happened um it's really sad that i remember all that but somehow i do (laughs) no i didn't go to the bathroom i just didn't hear it and then i couldn't remember it from there um do you remember what movie that was dune no (laughs) daniel craig no it's a movie that has wait is that the person is that 007 (laughs) okay we're closer (laughs) but i think this guy used to play (coughs) okay it's the it's the the one guy um (laughs) the one guy (laughs) shoot (laughs) our listeners are like just move on um uh, do you tap in? I don't remember his name. His name is a stupid name. I know that, right? I mean, his it's like name, not a common one. His name is Pierce. Pierce Brosnan. Dang yes. it! I could see his face. Okay, I would have never guessed that without. So that's a definite loss. <laughs> wow, I got that so wrong. We can't even, I mean, not even close to giving us a point. Okay. Yeah, no, no. All right. We are one for two for today's episode. Awesome. Um, Okay. Social media spotlight. We received a lovely email from, she is self-naming herself, the Swedish girl, because we introduced her a couple episodes ago. She said, hi, I just listened to the latest podcast and you talked about which episode or context Phoebe and Chandler um, were the ones who got licked in the subway. She says, I can just see the scene in front of me. Chandler has a disgusted look on his face and he says, he licked me. I just got licked in the subway or something like that. Phoebe says something like, oh, so-and-so is back on the subway. This might not be helpful, but I got so excited because I got this game too. Isn't that crazy? Nice. I love that. So our Swedish friend, um, thank you for reaching out to us. Um, and so glad that you got that with us. Um, let's, we'll virtually and uh, we'll play together, but not at the same time. Uh, but we're glad that you're playing along with us and that you have it too. That's so crazy. Um, okay. Recommend to a friend? I don't have one this week. Okay. Um, as a reminder, if you guys have a recommend to a friend, we would love to fill up the empty spaces that we sometimes have with recommend to a friends. Um, if you were to help us out by sending yours along, give us all the information that you guys have. You guys could even send us like a voice message over Instagram or something and we could play it on the pod or something. Just give us your recommend to a friend. So that way when we don't have any, we could maybe substitute for yours um really quick social media spotlight um here said happy new year to you guys and i hope that this year brings the best things that you guys wish for wait did i already read that definitely did but it's okay well it's still happy new year everybody. yeah happy new year all month long <laughs> okay um this has not been my best episode of leading but That's anyways all right. we all forgive you okay here's my recommend to a friend um this show is like two, three years old already. 
maybe two years old. Um, I know, but I feel like it was so widely talked about that I sort of, I get very much in these attitudes where I like don't like promoting things that other people are excited about just for the sake of like hopping on the train. Um, So like everyone was raving about it and I was like, that means I'm not going to see it. But my friends, like some of my really good trusted friends, <coughs> my closest friends essentially, um, at the time were like, you have to see it. And they were like, talk about it at lunch together. And I was just sort of like, I don't know what's happening. Um, but I finally decided to binge season one and two. Um, so it's the show Ted Lasso. It is so wholesome and sweet I mean, mostly wholesome. There are some unwholesome moments, but it's it's such a well done. I laughed. Um, the humor that they use in the episodes is not... You know how sometimes when you're watching shows just based on seeing so many shows, you can somehow like guess the type of humor and so the punchlines don't hit as hard? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's so few and far between, but not few, so few and far, but like the way that they write is just very clever. Um He's such a sweet character, um, and 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 so I'm I'm definitely hooked. So I cannot wait for season three of Ted Lasso. But it's um, in a quick snippet. It is about this American football coach, like our American football coach, being hired into a London Premier uh, football coach, aka soccer for Americans, but everywhere else in the world, it's called football, um, hired into be a coach of a football team in Europe, in London. And, um, it just follows the coaching of him and his players and their stories. And, um, it brings in issues like, um, standing up for what you believe is right um, for social justice, for um, mental health when it comes to athletics, um, family dynamics. Uh, it's, it's just a really good show. Um, so I have officially hopped on the bandwagon because it has definitely proved its place um, there. So yeah, Ted Lasso, highly, highly recommend to a friend. If you haven't seen it, it is on, at least in America's that I can say, it's on Apple TV. Um, that's what it's on. I was like, where have I seen it? (laughs) You're like, where? That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Apple TV. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up essentially this episode. Next week, we're going to cover the one with the ballroom dancing. Yeah. So we will see you guys next week on the one with friends podcast.